Well, I wished I was in Austin. In the chilly parlor bar, drinking mad dog margaritas and not caring where you are. But here I sit in Dublin, mm -hmm. just rolling cigarettes, holding back and choking back to shakes with every breath. So forgive me all my anger. Forgive me all my faults There's no need to forgive me For thinking what I thought And I loved you from the get-go I love you till I die I loved you on the Spanish steps The day you said goodbye Good morning. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. My name's Jimmy. And this is The Morning Show, where I talk about geography, weather, <laughs> history, baseball, and books. If that sounds like school to you, fuck, just kind of sounded like school to me as well. But this is for me. It's not for you, but if you enjoy it, um, I like that too. And that's going to be my morning spiel now. And hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. It got 80 degrees the other day. So on my list of things to do today is buy a damn air conditioner. We just moved into this place uh, in November, so we haven't had had the need for one. Now we need one. Let's see uh, what's going on in the chat. Who's here? We got John S Josh Steele, Drake Vlogs, Colin Chrissy, Abe Carolla, uh, Tyler Dyke, Brian Schaefer. What's up, everyone? Ooh, we got Chris Hernandez says, big fan from Hazlitt, New Jersey. Have a great day. I live, that's uh, where I grew up until I was eight, and then we moved away. Hazlitt, New Jersey. So anyway, hope everyone had a great weekend. Katie and I had a nice weekend. We didn't do much. This is what we got coming out today on John Boy Media. We got Talking Baseball, uh, interview with Walker Bueller. Stud. Love watching Walker Bueller pitch. Absolute stud. Moxie on the mound. That's kind of a, I always use the phrase moxie for pitchers. Only two pitchers that I can think of that I've used that. And I've never put it together. Got moxie on the mound tonight. But that's like, if I was a broadcaster, I think I'd say that. Walker's awesome. Uh, very dry sense of humor, but he was funny with us. Talking sports, just released something today. That's Jake, Bobby, and Keith. I haven't listened to it because it came out this morning and I just woke up. But according to the details, they talk about Corona, guns, and beer takes. Um, we're trying to get the sports back in action while the NFL is going for an arrest streak. Finish off with some beer takes. So that's what they did on Talking Sports. John Boy and Jake TV today is a watching baggage episode. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We've recorded so many of those. We kind of backlogged it, so I don't know what that one is. And watching baseball is the 19. Damn. I can never remember because we, we record these in advance. Today is the 1998 game 163. That's what that's what today's watching baseball is. We're watching all uh, tiebreaker games, make the playoffs or season end games. And that's what's coming out. Oh, I didn't even put it over for you guys. 
that's two times in a row uh, for those listening just on the podcast app. All the things I talk about, I usually put on screen, but I got like five boards here, music, music, logos, and I got I to gotta swipe them over, and I forgot. And yesterday or last Friday, I forgot as well. Damn. Well, anyway, the weather today in Jamestown, New York, is 57 degrees and showers. I wouldn't mind that coming off uh, the 80-degree the 85 or whatever degree and then not being able to sleep last night because it was too hot. So I wouldn't mind 57 degrees and showers. Jamestown. I like when we do these small towns. Uh, Jamestown's not a small town. It's a pretty big town. Uh, pretty big town. A lot of famous people from Jamestown. You got Lucille Ball. And then they also put Lucille's brother, Lucille's brother and sister on there. And it was kind of like, yeah, of course. Uh, Nick Carter, Backstreet Boys. And Roger Goodell. And a ton of other people. But here's something interesting. Jamestown, New York, is twinned with Haicheng, China, Jokobstad, Finland, Kantu, Italy, and Jakova, Kosovo. I don't know how exactly those those guys got twinned up. But yeah, Jamestown. Does that mean does that mean that all of those towns are twinned together? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is Kantu and Haicheng, are those twinned as well? Are these five, or do they have separate twins that like, yeah, Jamestown's a twin, but they have other twin cities. How's twin cities work? You know what I mean? How do twin cities work? Not Minneapolis. Don't talk. Sister cities or twin cities are a form of legal or social agreement between towns, cities, countries. Uh, But who who decides them? Do you like send workers, you know, like there's some town in Russia that sends a lot of people to the Jersey Shore to walk on work the boardwalk at summer. Is it like that? Is Jersey Shore twinned with a, a town in Russia and that's the agreement? How do Twin Cities work? Do I really care? Don't think I do. It's 57 degrees and rainy in Jamestown, New York. The random baseball player of the day is Dante Bichette. How about that? He's a, he's a guy everyone probably knows. Not some old dude from 1904. And if you're wondering, how does the random baseball players work? How does anything work on this? Random name generator. Enter. Copy the name. Paste it into baseball reference. There's your guy. And I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, my brother, producer Luke, is uh, just finished school, and he's going to help with organizing this. <clears throat> so I do the research on Dante, but there's a lot out there. I like it when there's like one, one storyline out there. Dante Pachette Jr., a lot out there. 14-year career. Played for a lot of teams. Got traded a lot. Angels, Brewers, Rockies. That's where you know him from. Then they trade him to the Reds and the Red Sox. Then I believe he went to the Dodgers, but he never played for the Dodgers. And he was never a free agent signing. Is that someone had to re-sign him at some point? But that's a lot of trades. And he always got traded for just one player. The Angels traded him um, for Dave Parker, who was 39 years old at the time, because they just wanted a lefty bat. The Angels kind of kind of messed it up with Dante Bichette because. They they brought up they they first they signed or traded for Dave Winfield, and that took at bats away from Bichette, and then 
<clears throat> when they wanted to make a, then they traded for left-hand power bat, um, 39-year-old Dave Parker, just a one-on-one trade. Dave Parker didn't even perform good for the Angels, and the Angels ended up trading him to Toronto. And uh, Bichette went to the Brewers, and he was nothing special. He was like, you know, just an average uh, ball player in uh, MLB. Then the expansion drafts happens, and the Rockies exist, and they they pick a lot of guys from other teams, right, expansion draft, and then they have to make some trades to round it out. So the Brewers traded Dante to uh, the Rockies. Let's see. They traded outfielder Dante Bichette to the Rockies for former Texas outfielder Kevin Reimer. Reimer, meanwhile, played just one season for the Brewers before departing for Japan and never returning to the majors again. And it's kind of a big chicken or the egg. like Or, you know, catch 22. Did, if the Angels held on to Dante Bichette and the Brewers held on to him, would he have become the dude he became in Colorado? Because his home and road splits are kind of crazy in Colorado. But, you know. What do you make? Four all-star games. He got MVP votes four times. Um, led the league in home runs in 1995. Best friends with Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi named his son after him. Joe Girardi named his son Dante Girardi. And then Bo, Bich- Bo Bichette, his middle name is Joseph after Joe Girardi. They're really good friends. And Joe Girardi thought about hiring him as the hitting coach in Philly. Am I making that up? Bichette, hitting coach. Phillies. Am I making this up? Uh, no, that's pitching coach. Well, who did they not hire him? Who's the Phillies hitting coach? Phillies hitting coach is Joe Dillon. But there was an article, but it's on 12up.com. So don't trust or care about that article. Um, so anyway, where was I? Good friends. They named their sons after each other. I wonder who named it first. One of Joe Girardi's like, hey, I named my son after you. His name is Dante. And then and then Dante Bichette's like, well, I named my son after me. So now there's just both our sons are named Dante. So when the Girardis and the Bichettes get together, which I'm sure they did when they had young kids, there's three Dantes in the mix. It's Dante Bichette, Dante Bichette Jr., and Dante Girardi and Joe. You know, if they go on a father-son outing, which I'm sure they did because they're great friends. It's Joe Girardi and three Dantes, and they're all named after the, the oldest Dante. Damn. That's odd. You think Joe told his wife, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going out with the Dantes. Just me and the Dantes. Joe and the Dantes playing baseball, having a little father-son catch. Dante Jr., uh, Bichette got drafted by the Yankees. I believe he's in the, the Nationals farm system right now. You know, he's the Bo Bichette, obviously. You know Bo Bichette. Uh, but Dante Jr. was also in the Little League World Series. So, yeah. Someone in the chat just said, like, hey, Dante. And then, and then yeah. That's like Joe's, Joe's out fishing with the boys. Dante, what, what, what? <laughs> Joe and the Dantes. If they made it, they should make a band. Joe and the Dantes. Anyway, um, so I I, I do I uh, did uh let me see if there's any more like tidbits I had on here, and then I will go to the streak that I found. His oldest son. Nah, that's basically all. That's basically all. Oh, he had one postseason appearance, and um, he raked. Let's look at 
Let's look at that real quick. Let me slide all this over. Um, this is his one postseason appearance in 1995. National League Divisional Series versus the Atlanta Braves. And he did pretty well. He's got two hits, three hits, two hits, two hits, three hits, three hits, two hits. I don't know if this is big enough for you guys on the screen. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, 10 hits in four games. They lost the series. But not Dante's shirt. And Dante's first name is Alphonse. So, if you know, maybe Joe was like, I can't hang out with three Dante's. Sorry, bud. I'm going to call you by your your given first name, Alphonse. Alphonse, Dante, Dante, and Joe. Maybe that's how it went down. Yeah. I mean, it's the smallest of small sample sizes. But uh, I don't know. Really good numbers. Let's go look at, again, I'm just going to advertise baseball reference for free, which I really, I don't know. Throw me some money, baseball reference. I got uh, the streak finder here. I don't know if you guys know how streak finder works, but you can like it. He has the second, he has the second most hits in an eight game period. That's baseball, isn't it? And it was to start the 1998 season. And seven of the games came on the road, which is interesting. But also we had David Dahl on talking baseball and the Coors field effect Players say, yes, it's easier to hit at home and numbers may be inflated. It also makes hitting on the road 10 times harder, and that's why the road numbers are so low. It more, the theory is it more affects the road numbers than it does the home numbers. Or, or if anything, say these are the road numbers and these are the home numbers, and then you go to Coors Field so your home numbers get a little higher. But it's not like your road numbers stay the same. They drastically go like that. That's the Coors Field effect because – you're not used to seeing pitches don't break at home, but they break crazy on the road. And there's a, you have to, you have to like readjust your brain, but this, they started the season on the road. So maybe that's why I did so good because there was no course field effect. Gets four hits, four hits, one hit, one hit, one hit, one hit, then five. He went five for five this day versus the Astros. Let's take a look. Um, it's not going to be any nicknames here. Mike, Dave, Chuck. We'll count Chuck. I mean, it's probably Charles, but uh, yeah, Charles. We'll count it. Ellis, Dante, Vinny, Greg, Nafee, Kurt. No, there's nothing here. It's not like the 1940s or whatever. Um, all right. Let's see this this hitting streak. We got, where is he? Five for five. Pretty good day. He doubled in his first at-bat. Full two. Oh, full two. Full count. Double. Crushed it. Next at-bat. One and one count. Single. First pitch in the top of the sixth. Single. Top eight. Where am I? Top eight, uh, single, just another single. And then, all right, so then in the ninth, his team is down. His team is down 13 to two. So 
kind of a waste of a five for five. And they have to rally for Dante to get up again. And uh, Curtis Goodwin and Ellis Burks work walks. So Dante gets up and hits a two RBI single. Five for five. Let's see if he's got any other fun streaks while we're here. Um, All right. I will go to the chat and someone tell me what, which one of these. uh, Hold on. You want to see. Do we want to see his best streak for stolen bases? Caught stealings? Can't have a streak there. Uh, Hits? Doubles? Triples? Zviki Sigal says, love these every day. Thanks, Zviki. That's, uh, if I'm saying that any close to correct, that's pretty cool. I think this, okay, doubles. Wow, Hayden Cart was quick with doubles. Let's find his, just at least one double. Let's see his best streak of at least one double. Okay, it is a four-game streak in 1998. How about that? 1998 was just the uh, the season for streaks. Four games. Oh, and they came against the Mets and the Expos. Mets and Expos, three doubles each. He had 10 hits in those four games, five doubles. So one game he had two doubles and two home runs. Well, that's a hell of a streak. And look, right underneath it, he had a four-hit game. Just none of them were double. So this, another hitting streak. This is seven games, and he had 17 hits in seven games. Earlier, we were looking at 20 and eight. Crazy. Shit's crazy. All right. Well, that's the end of the Dante Bichette. Joe and the Dantes. That's what we'll take from this. It's a good picture of him. Led the league in homers in 98. Also had some crazy streaks in 98. So there you go. Next up. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <clears throat> I forgot all about my new transition music. Remember? I got to put these on a file. Where was it? Here it is. <clears throat> Nope, that was the wrong button. I almost fucked it up. I got to put this on a, I got to make a separate soundboard. Okay, backtrack. You didn't hear any of that that I just said. All right, that's, uh, that's the end of, uh, that's Dante Bichette. And that's all I have to say about that. Bam. Now we're going to go, we're doing Wild Bill again. I know that I've talked about this book a bunch, but it's because I'm currently reading it so slowly. I'm just like, not the book's fault. I just don't have time to read that much anymore. But I'll probably go back to this well or any book that I'm currently reading just to share some interesting stories. I love the Civil War. We did a whole story or a whole season on the Civil War uh, on Laughs from the Past, our history comedy podcast. And I love it because it was so such a weird battle. You had brothers fighting brothers. I mean, generals that went to the same school together, um, you know, yeah, it was just crazy. You did they didn't they they the most prisoners of war ever and the least amount of like, you know, terrible treatment of prisoners of war. Although the camps were pretty bad, but that was a lack of money more than anything. Anyway, Hickok, Wild Bill Hickok. So this is that same book. 
Wild Bill Hickok <clears throat> was a spy for the Union, and he was a badass spy. But listen to some of these stories. Oh, should I play like uh, Western music again? Last time I did that, the whole video got demonetized. So that was kind of a bummer. Western music score. So let's see if I'll, I'll just use a different one uh, because that one got relaxed jazz piano. How the fuck is that Western score? One hour of Western movie theme songs. But I feel like that's going to that's gonna get demonetized too. It's Civil War anyway, so it's like, whatever, here we go. Listen to this badass story of Wild Bill Hickok being a spy in the Civil War. Hickok told an interviewer after the war that one of his adventures had him spend five months traveling with General Price's army of rebels. He knew of a Confederate soldier named Barnes who had been killed at Pea Ridge, and he presented himself to the regiment. I'm going to paraphrase a lot of this. So basically, he knew that there was a, a guy that died. The fuck is this song? Sounds like church music, not Western music. All right, boom. There we go. So this is what we did last time. It's going to get claimed. So anyway, Hickok, Hickok um, found out about a dude who died, and then was like, I'm that dude's brother. Let me fight for you. And uh, they were like, all right, cool. That's Sorry about your brother. Um, so he fights with them. He collected information in his quotes until I knew every regiment and its strength, how much cavalry there was and how many guns the artillery had. <clears throat> but uh, then he works himself up to be like head scout and he is right on General Price's side. Whoa. Yeah, that was crazy. Music was on point there. Um, so he was next to the Confederate commander and eavesdropping on conversations with subordinates and messengers giving him reports, gaining valuable information at the very top level. Um, but then he had to give the intelligence back to the union side because he gathered so much, right? And in the interview, he's quoted as saying, you see, it was time for me to go, but it wasn't easy to get out for the river was close picketed on both sides. So what he did was there was this dude in the Confederate regiment he was with that said he could box and he could beat anyone's ass. And Hickok was like, you can't beat my ass. Why don't we go fight down by the river? We'll give them union boys something to cheer about. <clears throat> Which is just the b bizarre part about the Civil War. They're like, well, we're not fighting right now. Let's go box by the river and the union soldiers can watch us. That'll entertain them. It's like any other war. I think like, you know, you just kill each other. If you saw each other at any time, they're like, well, let's put it on a back boxing match for the union. So anyway, Hickok and this dude go down to the river to let the Yankees <clears throat> watch the fisticuffs. But somehow the Union troop, um, Hickok was hoping somehow the Union troops would know that it was him and he and help him get back to the Union side. But as soon as the they started boxing, one of the Union sol soldiers said, bully for Wild Bill, and just started cheering, on, cheering him on. And then all the Confederates were like, wait, what the fuck? They know you? So then Hickok stole a horse, started going across the river in the horse, and then everyone started firing at him in the river, and then the Union soldiers started firing across over his head at the other soldiers, and then um, then he, he didn't get hit, and he escaped. And I just thought that was fucking crazy. 
And that's the end of the story, really. I just thought it was crazy. Like, what's what's going on? Put on a boxing show for the other for the enemy? Doesn't make any sense. But it does make sense because that's how the Civil War was. It was bizarre. There was like this uh there music. Music was so powerful. We did a whole episode on music in the last from the past season. Like there was this bugle player that was so badass, and he would start playing his bugle and both sides would stop fighting. And they and they like had like a concert, like on the other opposite sides of the river, because uh the guy they were just playing their music. It's bizarre. It's one of the weirdest it's one of the weirdest wars. Um and that Wild Bill Hickok story is crazy. So that's uh do I do I do it at the end of this? That's the end of that. I think that's the end of the the little morning show too. Uh, my, the rest of my day, no JJR today. And we have, uh, talking baseball already out. So actually I made a full schedule for Jake and I, because our schedules are so confusing. So, oh, we're going to record laughs from the past and we're going to record two watching baseballs, uh, today. 99 game 163 and 2007 game 163 that's a crazy one we have a we have a big meeting um kind of a crazy meeting coming up very interesting so hopefully it amounts to something and you guys will will see what we're trying to do i don't know how to phrase it and be coy i hate being coy i'm open book but i can't talk about this one yet and we have uh, Talking Yanks voicemail app we're recording tonight. So that's the whole day. Busy day. That's one, two, three, four, five, six things on the calendar to try and, to try and do. All right. Test. Hayden uh, Cart said test on the Periscope. Test. Um, John Boy, did you mean to post that on your story? All question marks. Isn't that the new, like, TikTok? I think my brother told me about that. Simon DS says, hey, John Boy, just wanted to let you know I've been binge watching your breakdowns from last season to get my baseball fix. Thanks. Well, thanks for that, man. Thanks for watching. I appreciate that. They are a lot. I think I did, like, 400 last year. I wish that there was baseball every day so I could make, you know, at least two a day like I did last season. But we just don't have it. And the, the old ones take so long to make. Um, so may I make one I admit, Thursday is my day. Jake's Jake is, is going South for Memorial day. So Thursday, Jake and I won't be recording anything. So I have the whole day after the morning show and I may I'll just try and make a ton of breakdowns. Um, all right. I think that's the end of this one. Appreciate it. I'll go play the song. I don't know if you guys like guy Clark, or it's like older country, but I love this Guy Clark song. And I'm out. Just rolling cigarettes, holding back and choking back to shakes with every breath. So forgive me all my anger, forgive me all my there's no need to forgive me for thinking what I thought And I loved you from the get-go I love you till I die I loved you on the Spanish steps of days